Hello and welcome back to Pop the Trunk, the podcast where we catch up with fellow marketing and advertising bros. I'm Adam Britton, Creative Director and Managing Director at Content Specialist Trunk, and I've just finished the recording of this podcast with Paddy Power's Head of PR and Miss Chief, Lee Price. And I'm telling you now, this is not one to be missed. Lee talks all about some of his favourite campaigns, where he thinks the line is, and also gives you advice on how to create fame for your brand using mischief in marketing. That doesn't guarantee success. All you're doing is letting people know about this thing you've done. And then it's only then if it's worth talking about, people will talk about it. And thankfully, in this case, people did talk about it, and then, and then the organic stuff started to snowball. But if there were brands out there that kind of want to get involved in in kind of doing something a little bit controversial if you like or creating a little bit of mischief for themselves in their space what advice would you give to them i haven't made my life more difficult now but suddenly every brand in the world's going to go and do loads of great stuff hi lee how's things i'm all right how are you doing i'm really well thank you yeah i'm really looking forward to getting stuck into this thanks a lot for joining me today thanks for having me i don't know what you let yourself in for but um point <laughs> <went> too much <laughs> brilliant so i can't start anywhere else apart from head of mischief tell me more about what this means and what's involved in your day-to-day cool i mean the um the sarcastic answer is it's an amazing icebreaker for parties if we're allowed those anymore um the serious answer is that mischief is saying that runs through the DNA of Paddy Power. So Paddy Power was formed in 1988 um, as a merger of three Irish bookies, basically trying to see off English bookmakers who were trying to invade because of loosening tax regulations. And basically they decided there and then that their only chance of surviving against the big boys was to imbue like a classically Irish personality. So the name obviously helps. The brand colours, green, yeah, no shit. Um, But having this sort of sense of cheekiness and, and mischief in in everything you do um so that's where it's born out of and obviously it became a more formalized division um a little while later uh, when the brand moved into the uk and it, it became a byword for i guess stunts or activations or campaigns but truly everything we do should uh, have mischief at the heart of it and it just means having a personality that sets us apart in terms of my day-to-day um, I eat a lot of biscuits. Um, my <laughs> responsibility is to create noise around Paddy Power. So I'm head of PR mm-hmm. and mischief. PR bit, easy to understand. Yep. The mischief bit is the big bangs. It's the the campaigns. It's the stunts. Um, but it can also turn into a, a TV ad or a piece of social content. Right. It's just something you get, you see and you share, I guess, mm-hmm. crucially. Yeah. When we speak to clients, Paddy Power are always kind of used as the bar you know, when it comes to kind of stunts or when it comes to mischief, if you like, and people probably go, you know, Paddy, if Paddy Power was a 10 and X was a zero, we always <laughs> want to be around a seven. That's what we hear all the time. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so how do you think, how, how does it work for, for me personally? You know, you either have to go fully with it, you know, and go, right, we're going to create controversy. We're going to go all out, dipping your toe, doesn't work and i think a lot of brands kind of want to want to do something like paddy powell because they are scared just to take that extra plunge if you like it doesn't quite work yeah i think it's about having a thick skin um a good example of this would be a campaign we did last year called save our shirt which is the horrendous huddersfield town Mm -hmm. sash sponsorship and actually the crux of that campaign and the planning that we put into it was the backlash like we planned and hoped for 
uh, a backlash about that campaign mm-hmm. because you know we knew what we were doing ultimately which was unsponsoring the kit was a nice thing the yeah. paddy power twist was riling up i guess the world beforehand yeah but actually shine a light on the issue um mm-hmm. and and that's where we operate we always try and say okay this is what we're doing we know where the line is what's the best case scenario what's the worst case scenario and how do you mitigate in in each instance mm-hmm. i don't think we always get it right but i think um we are adept at knowing what will be provocative uh and when it's okay to be wrong and actually when we've just got it wrong i think you have yeah. to be self-aware enough to go if we annoy these people that's okay mm-hmm. but i do I, I, I quite imagine as well like if you're a social media manager and you're brand's team have done something noisy and you've annoyed a load of gammons whether you agree with them politically or not it still can be quite intense having to deal with the the two three six hour twitter yeah. backlash mm-hmm. but the truth is these things move on quickly and there's always another uh, there's another target in the line of fire yeah absolutely you mentioned there the line you know where, <laughs> where is the line and I'm, I'm sure there's been occasions where you you've sat there and gone have have we crossed it uh, have, have we gone too far there yeah and the line i think has moved a lot over the last couple of years in both directions actually i think trump becoming president back when that was a funny thing and not an absolutely depressing thing (laughs) um he sort of the the sense of parody and surrealism the line became much harder to get close to because you can't do better parody than donald trump like you can't get to that level of comedy so for a brief period, we were like, "Buddy, he's raised the bar. Donald Trump is the bar of yeah. you know, that sort of shock marketing or, or outrage or whatever. Um, but then also simultaneously, particularly this year, particularly during early lockdown, the bar came right back again in terms of in early lockdown, is it smart to be pissing people off? Are things that might have, that might have been funny a year ago, are they funny right now? Mm. Is it appropriate to be talking about these topics and in this way and to be clear we always try and punch up we never try and belittle people or or punch down but there's still a time and a place for for being provocative rightly or wrongly Mm -hmm. Um, and there's still a time and place for actually for sharp-witted humor so stuff we've done in the past around i don't know lgbtq plus rights for instance Mm -hmm. would april this year have been the time for that i don't know is the honest answer Mm -hmm. and mischief during those months, those scary months, uh, became less about um, being provocative and more about being uh, ambitious or entertaining. And it, we just sort of flexed slightly differently for those months. Um, but I feel like maybe we're returning a little bit back to normality soon. One thing Paddy's always done really well is taking themselves away from being a, a bookmaker. You almost look at the social channels and think they're just a really great content provider, if you like. One thing that's exceptional is the react how reactive you are is that planned reactive content that you do so do you sometimes record two versions of, of content so if, let's say it's manchester united against tottenham do you have you done a tottenham winning piece of content and a manchester united winning piece of content one unfortunately just has to go in the bin and no one ever sees it and then and then obviously the other one then gets released bang on full time so that you, you're ultra reactive with it yeah, I don't think I'm giving away any secrets of the, the social content team to say that we have done that uh, for big occasions. But actually, for most of the season, the reactive stuff is just spur of the moment because you are reacting to something mad happening. And like some of the tweets and the, the content we create is mind-blowing from that team. Like They're just so hyper-reactive. But you're right, for, for big moments where you know we're going to do something, we have in the past filmed two versions and... Uh, 
yeah, sometimes the better one, in my opinion, personally, has gone on the pin. But that's live isn't it it's a really poignant sort of subject because so many people say we want to be reactive we want to be getting content out quick and the fact that it doesn't have to be a you know a twenty thousand pound production a hundred thousand pound production just something that's really simple as gareth bale sat in the stands with a with a google search history you know on the right hand side of him because someone in your social team has been watching the game and thought bang and that's the kind of stuff that because it's reactive and it's a quick screen grab on someone's phone and it gets on there really, really quickly. I'd imagine sometimes that probably gets bigger engagement than some of the stuff you spend tens of thousands of pounds on. Yeah, I mean, damn those guys, they do a tweet like that and it, it can put outperform an actual stunt, which isn't great <laughs> for, my, uh, for my ego. But yeah, we are also, we do always say we're reactive and we are because a recent example would be when United lost to Tottenham, they got absolutely smashed. Um, and all the talk during that game was about the deadline day which is the following monday and ed woodward and then on monday itself we actually uh released a a shop front called woodward's window shoppers and had various players that missed out on the chancel window so we'd taken a a beat that to be fair had been ongoing throughout the window but had come to the fore sunday evening mm-hmm. and within 24 hours had activated um and done so topically on transfer deadline day um, that was quite stressful, to be clear. So, so the, the plan of that and the and the kind of the idea had had come twenty four hours previously. Slightly more. So we've been talking about United generally, yeah. and it was an idea we sort of loosely had had touched on. But as that result started to unfold, and to be fair, it did unfold pretty quickly <laughs> in the first half. It did. We realised that we had to move. So um, you're probably talking about a forty eight hour. Wow turnaround realistically yeah. in terms of when we thought this could be a goer um and that's but, that's finding the shop you know finding the mannequins getting the kits yeah. done getting the obviously each player also had a kind of description scandinavia model uh but in birmingham yeah. staying in birmingham you know a little text in front and everything like that didn't they and then also the, the shop window as well uh, sorry the shop um sign the sign so yeah i mean that was the, the two of the biggest ball lakes were one the big sign at the top which you know someone like me who just says oh yeah go make that happen yeah that'd be easy yeah but then he goes well to be fairly we are printing a 25 meter <laughs> piece of vinyl it'll take a little while yeah but, oh, okay fair enough and then finding the right shirts to use which sounds slightly ridiculous but on a sunday yeah evening during lockdown yeah uh, or monday morning during lockdown it isn't the easiest thing to find no, seven random football shirts mm. so but that's part of the fun and i think um it is high energy and quite stressful sometimes when you're turning things around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is a good example that you can look at and go, I'm glad we did that. That was cool. Yeah, definitely. What, what's the activation for something like that look like? Do yeah. you cross cross your fingers and, and hope that someone walks past the shop and sees it? Or are you kind of, obviously, I saw like, they could, you know, the Mank featured it and obviously it was featured. Talks, uh, I remember when you, when you were on uh, live on Talks, what they spoke about it on there, I think that's actually what dragged my attention to it. So is that, are you kind of speaking to all of these partners and saying, you know, can, can you give this a yeah, shout out? I mean, no one likes now the sausage is made, but to be, yes, like very little in the launch phase anyway, is is organic because, mm. again, because the situation is Monday evening, there's not loads of people about and you need to get it out there quickly. So, yeah, you, you tee up TalkSport, you speak to the Mank, um, you send out a press release, you, you send the images out, but that doesn't guarantee success. All you're mm-hmm. doing is letting people know about this thing you've done. Yeah. And then it's only then if it's worth talking about, people will talk about mm-hmm. it. And thankfully, in this case, people did talk about it and then, and then the organic stuff started to snowball. But... 
um, you do need to give it a little bit of a push. I wasn't just sitting there twiddling my thumbs <laughs> for once in my life. <laughs> what would you say your favourite campaign is um, whilst, whilst you've been involved with, with Paddy Power? Um, I have three. One is the obvious one, Save Our Shirt thing last year, just because mm-hmm. we really drilled into that planning-wise. And um, some people thought maybe we were over-planning it at one point. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad we did plan it. And it went exactly as we pitched it. And it, it really worked. Perfect. I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of uh, the work we did for the 2018 World Cup called Rainbow Russians. Mm-hmm. So before that World Cup, there was so much you could talk about, Novichok, Putin, all this crazy stuff, hooligans. Uh, but nobody or very few people were talking about the rainbow-coloured elephant in the room of the appalling gay rights mm-hmm. record in Russia, yeah. like really terrifying. Um, and so we did. Um, and we donated 10 grand to an LGBTQ plus charity every time Russia scored during the tournament. Mm-hmm. And what really worked well there was that Russia won their first game five. Yeah, yeah. and it did really so well as well, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. We ended up donating something like 170,000 pounds wow. because we ended up counting our own goals and yeah. doubling down from knockout stage. But that campaign I'm really proud of because ultimately it did some good. Mm-hmm. It was ambitious and brave in that it was basically um, aiming at Putin. Yeah. And I may or may not have forwarded the press release to every Russian diplomat whose email address I could find online <laughs> to try to make sure they knew about it. Um, but it, it just, for me, that sort of sums up what Paddy Power is actually about. Mm. I think some people think Paddy Power is a laddie, brash, offensive brand, uh, which we have been in the past. Mm-hmm. I think we have been for quite a while. I think actually that piece of work was smart, considered, yeah. um, maybe audacious. Um, so I love that. And then the third, just finally one, is we held an alternative World Cup before that tournament with the nations that are exiled by FIFA, uh, including the likes of um, Tibet, for instance. And as part of that, we made a five-part documentary series with Paddy himself going around the world, visiting these spaces. So me and Paddy spent, I don't know, six weeks traveling the world, going to Tibet, going to Zimbabwe. And that was just personally-wise, the memories of those trips um, I'm mad. Well, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and it's all expenses paid. So, <laughs> what, 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 what more could you yeah. want? <laughs> the Paddy Power expenses scheme is very generous, up to twenty pounds a bit. <laughs> Paddy was paying. <laughs> Perfect, brilliant. In terms of advice for other brands, so obviously you're in a very, very fortunate position from a, if you like, a marketing yeah. perspective that you can have some fun. You know, there are so many brand managers and so many PR managers or head of PR. Um, people out there that want to probably just have a bit of fun with their brand and they just can't because of because of who they are and you know they're, they're, might, they're just totally not in that space. But if there were brands out there that kind of want to get involved in in kind of doing something a little bit controversial, if you like, or creating a little bit of mischief for themselves in their space, what advice would you give to them? Uh, I'd say do it. I think um, it's actually easier than you think to be success, successful with this stuff because so few people do it well. And it doesn't have to be controversial. It doesn't have to be political. It doesn't have to be offensive. It, it can just be a case of being surprising or like I mentioned about the way we pivoted during lockdown to being entertaining or ambitious. It can just be different. Mm-hmm. Like if you operate in, a, in an industry where everyone else is doing the same thing, by standing apart and being a bit human at the core of it, is a way of differentiating yourselves. And um, I think be really clear on who you are, what you want to be, what you want to say and who you want to say it to so that you know these are the people that it's okay to annoy. If we have to annoy someone, these are the people that it's okay not to annoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and be really clear on that because I think brands sometimes take steps into a new world and 
they misjudge it. They get carried away or they sign off the wrong idea. Yeah. And then when the shit hits the fan, they panic and they haven't accounted for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it's sometimes okay for Twitter to be angry at you. Yeah. Like, so what? It's Twitter. Delete the app. Um, <laughs> so I just think it's, if you've got a really clear view of who you are as a brand and what you stand for, that's a good starting point. And you don't have to upset anyone. You can just be entertaining. You can be human. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, that was great. Some great stories there and some great advice for, for kind of I've made my life more difficult now, but suddenly every brand in the world is going to be able to do loads of great stuff. <laughs> if they uh, do, if they do, they know where to come to. <laughs> Madebytrunk.com. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, Lee. Nice one, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that. You can follow Lee on Twitter at Lee underscore Price, follow Trunk at Tweets by Trunk, or on Insta, Insta by Trunk, and you can also find me on Insta, ab.utv. Join me next time, where our Head of Partnerships, Chris James, and our Head of Creative Tech, Nate Broadbent, will be catching up with Carlsberg's Customer Marketing Manager, Emily Grafton, where they talk all about Christmas in the on-trade. See ya.